Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're full season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. So for a light-hearted take on Bristol's progress on and off the pitch this season, stay tuned. In this show, we reflect on the Bears' hard-fought home win against Sale. We'll look ahead to next week's trip to Exeter Chiefs and do our final World Cup roundup. And we'll finish with our regular Gets My Goat feature. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Lee, Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, boys, quite a, a, a weekend of rugby, uh, both uh, in BS3 and uh, in the Far East. Um, first of all, let's um, initial thoughts on the result on Friday night. And uh, we have got some some interviews with some of the people that were at the ground, so we'll come on to listen to that. But um, first of all, Pete, you, how's your grandmother? The grandmother? Well, you said to me you weren't at the game on Friday because you were going to see oh. Minan. Oh no, no, Tony! You know it was Milan, Tony. Milan, yeah, not not Minan. No, it was Milan. Oh right. Now I was uh, Tony. I was uh, I was in Milan this weekend. uh, Flew out Thursday for a cheeky mini break. So uh, yeah, unfortunately, I I wasn't there at the game on Friday. Although I have done my research and uh, I did watch a bit of it on um, live streaming on a a well-known um, betting account website. Others are available. So, um, yeah, so I yeah, I missed it, but obviously you boys were there and I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what you thought. Yeah, and Miles, your your first thoughts about uh, the, the game Friday? Uh, a bit flat, <laughs> I thought. The conditions were pretty terrible. Um, we brought along a friend in Pete's place. Ugly win against Sale. Pretty dreadful conditions, but a win's a win, isn't it? I, I love the, the ugliness of it, to be honest, because we... It's not something Bristol do, is it, generally? To win ugly, to kick the ball. I think that was, um, like Miles said, testing conditions. I mean, it was really blowing a gale. And Sheedy to kick, what, he missed one? One out of five yeah. or six? Yeah. Um, you know, so he's got his shooting boots back again, hasn't he? So um, I, I really enjoyed it. Well, let's hear what some of the fans thought down at Ashton Gate right after the game. Who have we got here? Mickey. Mickey. And what do you think about the game, girls? Scrappy and a lot of kicking. Well, she just said. <laughs> Lots of kicking. But the right result? The right result in the end, for sure. Right, this is Binsey. I went to Harlequins last week and we made too many mistakes, get too many penalties away. We was on their line for the last two minutes and we didn't go over it because we could not run the ball. But tonight... Tonight, we played Sell at their own game, kicking, and we took them on, and we done them. That's what I like to say. We done them. Hi, my name's Jess Parks. I'm from Pirate, and my favourite part of the game was when we scored the try right at the end. Uh, my name's Jim Biggins. Uh, I'm holder, former player. And I have to say that what I watched tonight is very disappointing. We won the game, which is great. Uh, but I would prefer to have a 32-34 defeat than watching what we saw tonight. I understand if the conditions are bad, as they were in London last week. But the conditions, it rained. It rains in a rugby season. And... Uh, I thought we were very uh, disappointing today. That's all I've got to say, really. But hey, we got the win. 
Well, there we are. Now, if there's one word that comes out of that, it's it's kicking. And so how, how do we feel? Because um, obviously Jim Biggins there, was ex-player, was talking about, um, you know, his disappointment in coming and watching a rugby game, seeing very little running rugby and the majority of it kicking rugby. Is that something you think we're going to have to get used to this season? Yeah, I mean, I, I think... I totally understand where Jim's coming from, but we've not had a kicking game before, have we? I mean, even last season, we, we ran the ball uh, consistently, and I think it's needs must. And unfortunately, Friday night was one of those games of conditions suited kicking, and and we outkicked them ultimately because we won the game. So, a bit disappointing about giving the, the try away to them at the end, but. Um, we're not going to play like that every week. When the when the weather's better, we're going to run the, the ball, I'm sure, and mix it up. Miles, I agree. Doing? I mean, I, in the rugby paper this morning, there was a little sort of Piatau versus Hammersley article, and it said exactly that. Piatau won the game of kicking. I mean, in those conditions, it was never going to be a classic running game, was it? Um, and it certainly wasn't one try apiece. Um, it felt like a bit of a flat victory at the end I, I, I don't know why I mean, perhaps it's a bit of a come down after the Bath match but we played the conditions played the way Sale played and it paid off well certainly Charles Piertau had another cracking game didn't he um, not not just with his boot but a, again another 100 metres plus um, from, from 20 carry, carries really starting to look you know the player that we were all anticipating when he, yeah. he first signed for the club I thought one of the one of the funny things for me um, was um, I think it was in the first half and we had a scrum right in front of the Dolman I think Andy Euron tried to put the ball in via the top of the scrum did you see that when he, when he kind of was I think he went to spin it but it was too wet to do that and it flew out of his hands and landed on top of the the, the two front rows and I thought he was lucky not to not to knock on yeah, for that yeah. lucky but, to get a reset weren't we, we? Yeah. absolutely and um, you know I, I thought it was a magnificent first half I mean that was a big blue wall again defensively sale we're running at that line we were up quick we were knocking them back and uh, I picked up a point that Pat made in his uh, post-match interview that um, three league games this season we've only conceded one try in each game and when you think about it the Bath game was a very clever line-out move the Harlequins away game it was a, a great little grubber kick that took people by surprise and this time round we gifted them a try in the last two minutes but no team yet has actually run through us to score a flowing what I'd call you know a, a general play try so I think the work that's been on the defensive side of the um, the Bears game this season has been been really outstanding I'll tell you what they towed I mean having looked at the uh, the highlights the try that they scored I mean clearly you know having just scored our try you know what we were doing running it out of the 22 having seen Charles Piertau boom his big left foot down I, I was very surprised to, that they didn't just boom it down there and you know again as you said it wasn't really a, a constructed try from them you know we dropped it and they picked it up and ran through but it kind of made me think about our try because our try I don't know if you remember um, came from uh, a big old boom down down the field from Charles their guy I guess it was Hammersley elected to run it um, which is kind of what the fans always want, you know, run the ball, take get 20, 50 metre carry. He got absolutely marmalised in the middle of the pitch by three of our, you know, it was a good chase. Then we counter-rucked. Then we had a couple of phases. Then 
Harry Randall put that little chip over and, and albeit a little bit of luck with a bounce, but Johan Lloyd got hold of it, showed to him, by the way, what did he show there? I mean, not just composure to pick it up, um, but also that acceleration to the line. It was, it was something special. But it kind of makes the point is that, you know, kicking is, can work. And, and actually, you know, through the game, Charles Pieter won that kicking duel and you can make, you know, you can make net 50 yards. And I was just quite surprised that, you know, when we had got that try, we were ahead, that we just didn't boom it down there. Well, I think the three of us that were there, we all looked at each other because... This performance wasn't like the Bristol of last season, just running it from anywhere. Mm. There was a good kicking game. It was tactical. We were pinning them back. It was about making sure we uh, you know, didn't give them any chances in our own 22. So we scored that try. We're 16-3 up, denying them a losing bonus point. We're 14 men on the pitch with two minutes to go. And all of a sudden, it's back to old Bristol of last season and we're running it out. Why they didn't keep the ball in close, could have kept it over by the touchline, run that clock down. 78 minutes, great game management. Last two minutes, it went out the window. So I'm not sure who's the decision maker on that pitch that that, that said, let's... Let's run it. And I think, we, you know, it's perhaps a little bit churlish to to point that out after a ma- an amazing 10 minutes of defence where, you know, the bodies were alive. And, and saying what you said earlier, Tony, about the defence. But, you know, it only takes to coin a phrase from another sport. It only takes a second. And like one little mistake like that, and it might have been a decision-making error or just, you know, a bit of tiredness. And that could have, that could have cost us, you know, a little bit more and who mm. knows. So, um, you know, it's a good point. But I think overall our game control has been as we pointed out I think it's been a lot better this season that last year we may well have lost that game particularly when the card came with 10 minutes to go I agree so we got I think we need to accentuate the positives but there's always some learnings aren't there and there's something for us to learn from I think we also had a bit of luck going our way because they had a penalty early on that hit the post and then we we, we recovered that I think there was a, a time in the second half they had what looked like an easy three-man overlap and somehow managed to mess it up. So I think there was a bit of good fortune, but I, I don't think we can underestimate the, the improvement in the defence. It's been the defence um, with the kicking game that I think have really made the difference. And, uh, you know, I, I talked about it at the last pod. If you look at where we are after three games, um, you know, we've won two, we've got 10 points and we've got a plus 28 points difference. Uh, after three games last season, we'd won one, we'd had, we had four points and we were minus 36. Uh, and again, if you compare it to the similar game last season, I don't think any of us can forget that game against Sale, the 2020 draw. Um, you know Fafter Clerk missing that kick near, near the end so again we're two points better off mm. so we, even with the comparable games we're averaging one point more per game so yeah. we really are seeing improvements and I think you know that top six is something that really should be in sight for us but a big test is going to be at Sandy Park next weekend so um, Lee your thoughts about next week's game, any changes that you'd like to see uh, made and, you know, potentially what kind of result are you hoping for down there? Um, it's a tricky one because we don't know what Chiefs are going to be on the field to start with. I'm thinking about the England boys. I, I suspect that they won't play next week, but 
you know, potentially they could, so potentially a stronger team. Um, like we've said before uh, tonight, we've said we've got to keep them out at 22, haven't we? I mean, that's defence is going to have to be absolutely spot on. Um, and in terms of changes, I know, I mean, we've got a couple of injuries now, haven't we, that we know about. Daniels is out. Um, so Provs maybe comes back in. Yeah, um, where else, where else will we stand with well, the injuries? Hughes, Hughes went off, didn't he? Fifty-seven minutes, yeah. which sometimes makes you think that that you there, boys. Did he did he hobble off or did uh, he just swagger off as no, normal? Not particularly, but there has been. I think he put something on his Instagram account of him playing a gaming station, and he had a, a kind of I don't know what you'd really call it, some kind of covering over his right right leg. So uh, he was just. I think the comment was about recuperation from the knocks from the game. Gaming. So, so hopefully, um, yeah, made ice pack maybe. It, yeah, big ice pack. More, of, <laughs> more, more of an iceberg pack for, uh, for Nathan's leg. Yeah, nice. um, so yes, it will be interesting. They've got three boys coming back from the World Cup: Slade, Noel, and uh, Cowan Dickey. Will they play? I think that's really interesting. I don't know what the the kind of rules are for a team that's been, you know, players that have been away for all that time. Uh, and don't forget, the following weekend is the first of their Champions Cup games, which, I mean, Exeter have underperformed, really, in the Champions Cup, and they're away at La Rochelle. So that's going to be a, quite a pivotal game, I think, for them in that group. So, uh, yeah, will, will they bring the, the, the three England boys straight back in? Well, I I, I think it, I think at least one of them will start. Depending on Noel, where how fit he is, I, I suspect he'll be absolutely champing to play a game of rugby because he, you know, he'll have wanted to have played. Well, he's probably quite happy he missed the final. Maybe he wanted to play. So if he's fit, I reckon he'll be champing at the bit to play. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they stick Noel straight in um, because they know what he does. Uh, you mentioned earlier, we were chatting about this, Tony, that, you know, they haven't trained with the team. But this is Exeter. They kind of all know what they're doing there. They've been there a long time. I suspect that Slade will probably get a, get a, get a, a free pass and have a rest. Cowan Dickey may be on the bench, you know, it's, uh, but then again, you know, Exeter haven't really performed that well in the last couple of games and, uh, you know, they, they lost at Bath, they scraped, scraped past Worcester, you know, um, yeah. what's his name, their coach, um, Rob, what's Baxter. he called? Oh, Baxter. Baxter, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he, he's, 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 he wants, he's going to look at us and think, you know, we're, we're better than we were last season when we went there, perhaps. He wants to put a really strong side out and he wants to, you know, he's going to want to kind of put a performance on for the fans back yeah. at Sandy Park. Um, so I just think, going back to what Lee said, I think we've got to go there with confidence. You know, we, we, can, you know, we went there with a young side and got turned over in the Premiership Cup, but you know we know what they're like. We know for a fact when they're in within ten metres of their line, we know exactly what they're going to do. They'll send little decoy runners to get that extra yard. We've got to be ready for that, and I have absolute faith that you know our defensive coach and Pat and all of the coaches will know this. But Lee said it; he called it. You know we've got to go try and keep them out of the twenty-two. And having seen Charles with his big boom booming boot, I would suspect that we'll try and. Kick for territory. I mean, I agree. I mean, remember last season, Charles was pulled like an hour before the game, wasn't he? When we were all down at Sandy Park, and we got a losing bonus all point, of us. didn't we? we? Oh, oh, Tony, you weren't there, were you? Sorry, you had, you had Manthrax. Okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway, very poorly. That but thing. that was. <laughs> We were that we were without without Charles and our defence was brilliant. Um, so I don't see why with this team that played on Friday night, 
we can't try and go we're, there we're and get a win in the table. Absolutely, I think that Rob Bax is going to be uh, very wary of our our team, and yeah, he'll probably put his strongest team out. I'm sure. When you look back to last season as well, I think there were two very narrow defeats. I mean, there was that controversial penalty try up here. And I think it was quite a dour game, wasn't it? The cheating one, that one. That one. Uh, uh, And down at their place, uh, early January, wasn't it? It was a a very tight game. It's interesting, I looked up some of the the stats, actually, and did you know that we've been playing Exeter since the 1892-93 season? Uh, played the club over a hundred times, and we we've won about three quarters of the games against them. But uh, in the league era, the nineteenth century or twentieth, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in in the league era, we've played them fourteen times. We've won five and lost nine. But actually, in the Premiership, um, it's uh, played for lost four. So uh, yeah, it will. I think that will be a real um, show of where we are. Uh, after four games, having the the away games at Quinns in Exeter, if we can come away with Exeter uh, from Exeter with a win, then I think you know we're uh, we're really going somewhere. And I, I should just say before I hand over to Lee that uh, he's very kindly provided the studio oh, today. Yeah. So I think his wife is having a bath upstairs. <laughs> well, that's so, what she told him. <laughs> so so if if you hear any gurgling or creaky noises, that will be Lee's wife. Hopefully not a long way. Yeah, I was just going to say, Tom, just to add to what you've just been saying there, that's our incentive, isn't it? I mean, Pat will know all these statistics in the Premiership era. We played them four times. We've lost four times. There's your incentive right now. Let's go out and let's uh, let's turn them over. Uh, absolutely. Um, and just just let's look at the results this this weekend. Um, Northampton, another good win, um, sitting top of the table, three out of uh, three out of three. Uh, Leicester just squeezing past Gloucester um, for their first win of the season. Um, Saracens sixteen, London Irish thirteen. I think that will be a very valuable point for London Irish that losing bonus point because I think when Saracens are back up to uh, full strength, there aren't going to be many pl- people that go there and no, get no. get a win. Apart from Bristol, that is. Uh, Wasps also got their first win of the season, a 30-22 win over Bath. Which condemns our friends from along the A4 to the uh, bottom bottom place in the league. Bottom of the table. Uh, and of course, we're recording this on Sunday evening and um, Exeter just squeaked uh, an away win at Worcester. Worcester 20, Exeter 24. So, um, you know, maybe apart from the Northampton game, which was 40 uh, to Quinn's 22, which is an impressive victory, yeah. I think, for Northampton. Yeah. They are looking strong. Again, most, most games are really, really tight this season. Really tight. Um, anything else then on the Exeter game before we move on? Let's pray for uh, some decent weather. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, it would be nice to uh, to see uh, a running game where it's all about handling and, and going through the phases. Yes, Pete? I think we'd expect, uh, just to go back to our team, actually, we, we haven't really talked about that, what we, we think who might be playing, but I think Lloyd, you know, he's earning his, his, his every game, he, he kind of gets on that bench, he's earning his spurs even more, so I would say, you know, he's definitely going to get on the bench, which is interesting because we know there are other people in the, the yeah. wings that are being kept out by him and I, I know that Pat after the game is, is you know was asked about Lloyd about you know what what's what is it about him and he, he kind of really 
you know, he kind of started waxing a bit lyrical about what he really liked about him was compo- he had composure. Yeah. And for a lad that was like, he didn't even know how old he was. He thought he was 19 and someone said he was 18. For a yeah, lad that young that he's got, you know, composure, almost like leadership skills. He was sort of saying he's good in the... The dressing room, and you know, and it's, and I think, you know, this is interesting. So I think I don't think he'll start it. That'd be mm. perhaps too much, but I think he'll be another finisher off the bench. We talked about, um, you know, the midfield as well. I mean, we you know we've got to put up a big physical fight against uh, against Exeter. So I think we thought in sorry second row, we're thinking Atwood and Vui again, yeah. given that the sort of line out was pretty good, was very good, I should say. And then centre of the park. I mean, it's take your pick, really. Do we keep? Siali there he did a great job against my mate Jaco van Renzi Rensberg but what do you think Tone? and of course Pete one of the things that we talked about Luke Daniels looked like he got a mm. bit of a nasty knock he's going to be out so is Prothero the one to come back in the wing um, you know or do, do they look at maybe somebody else getting a chance there I think I think it we, it feels like the the, the 23 squad uh, of players, I, I I don't see huge changes. Um, you know, Atwood um, didn't feature at the Quinns away game. Is he going to feature at Exeter? I think that'll be interesting. We talked about that on the last pod. All the options that we've got at lock front row. I didn't expect to see Thacker out for um, mm-hmm. Moulton played well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Moulton, he hit I mean, all his lines, didn't he? he played brilliantly. I mean, I, I couldn't really pick much between the two. I'd be surprised. Pat might want to keep him on a bit of a yeah. roll there and, and start him again. And uh, um, and I mean, Heenan were played instead of Dan Thomas. Yeah. You know, so Dan no Thomas is 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 going to be fresher. So will he come back mm. into the team? So I, again, it's such an exciting season because you know we're not we're not looking for players who can come in. It's it's really there's so many players that that could fit into that team. Um, that it's it's almost an embarrassment of riches really for Pat to pick from. Um, but I, 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 I don't know. I, I'd suggest maybe we're going to see. We know there'll be at least one forced change. Um, you know, are we going to see um, another rotation, two or three players? Obviously, Joycey, will he be back? Pinkers, um, maybe. Pinkers come in. Yeah. Or will Ned Holmes get a start? Yeah, Exeter's well. chief again. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it'd be fascinating. So we'll we'll find out on Friday when the uh, teams are announced at midday. So let's move on to the Rugby World Cup. Um, I don't think we're going to dwell too much on on the final. Um, you know, can I just say I I think it might have been my fault that England lost because. My, my lucky England rugby shirt I, I'd had in the wash all week and I went to put it on um, on Saturday morning and found it it was at the bottom of the washing basket so it might have been my fault Can I just say Tone uh, I'm going to challenge you for this one because I've watched every round every game at home and at, in, your, at, at, your my, at my house yeah and in the excitement I actually went out into town to watch it with a friend of mine, Paddy, and I think it's it's possibly my fault. Well, you know what, Lee? You know what? I think it might be my fault as well, to be honest, because there's me on a pre-planned mini-break to Milan. Um, you know, I wasn't really... I wasn't here with the boys, was I, watching it with you lot? And, uh, you know, I think that although I had a good time and we watched it, I, you know, I wasn't in, I wasn't in the home country. Um, and actually, I also think that it's a bit of lack of commitment because I'd actually 
talked up a bit earlier in the week that I was I was going to go out to Tokyo because it half term holiday I had the I had the time and I'd even looked up I had tickets for 900 quid and I had flights for about 800 albeit easy jet to Cairo and then change at Moscow on Aeroflot but I did talk it up a bit and then of course I bottled it about so I kind of think maybe my commitment wasn't there either well you may not have, you may not have got there flying on those airlines so probably a good job uh, I mean I watched it at home with my wife well, there, you there you go. That's your excuse, isn't it? Oh, well, exactly. And I think I was slightly put off by Lee's moustache on Friday night. It was still <laughs> at the forefront of my memory. But that's now been shaved off, thankfully. But yeah. maybe it was maybe so my fault as well. It was nothing to do with uh, being overpowered in the scrum and <laughs> so played everywhere. Sort of stuff, yeah. So equally, we've all got a bit part to play in England's yeah. downfall in this World Cup final. Absolutely. But I, I do think hats off to the South Africans. Um, you know, the biggest downfall was uh, the way they played. They uh, yeah. outperformed us on the day. So congratulations to them. Um, not, really sh- not, re- not really sure. But have you seen that picture of Faf de Klerk in his budgie his, smugglers? With well, the, the it's, World on your Cup. Screen, it's on your screensaver, isn't it, Tony? Well, that, that was just for research. And uh, <laughs> that, that was all. So... Um, but I think putting the disappointment of the final aside, there's there's been some wonderful moments um, from this Rugby World Cup. I think it really has been a classic. Um, I mean, let's just go around the table quickly. Let's talk about some of the highlights. Well, for me, Tony, it was it was the dismantling of the number one team in the world. Whatever happened in the final, which was intensely disappointing, we will never forget that Saturday morning last week when we destroyed we destroyed a rugby philosophy let alone a team and Miles and I were watching it in a rugby club down in Kingsbridge as I mentioned before to highlight highlight that you know we will remember that Japan for me Japan as a whole I mean the country the team outperformed again you know the the level of rugby that they get to play is is far less than the rest of the world and they always surpass all expectations and brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And what about you, Miles? I mean, I think, I agree with Lee, the Japanese putting on a World Cup in the middle of a typhoon was fantastic. Um, another aspect is the emotional aspect of it. I mean, a slight Bristol link, Siali Piatow's last match carried off in tears and Rory Best as well. I mean, just fantastic for the game of rugby. Yeah, I think I think for me, you know, after all the wilderness years as a as a Bristol fan, the the, the pride in watching five of our our current players, um, you know, playing for their nations, and uh, you know, I've got a ten year old daughter being able to say that's a Bristol player, that's a Bristol player, uh, and then of course the likes of Genji as well, um, you know, seeing an out and out Bristol boy. Um, in those uh, opening games, getting an opportunity to play at a World Cup. So uh, the, the Bristol connections for me. OK, um, that is it for the World Cup. So um, actually, it's been going as long as the podcasts have been going. So uh, gosh, chaps, we're going to have to find something else to talk find, about. Find something else to talk about. <laughs> You can contact the show with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at bearsbeyondgate or like our Bears Beyond the Gate Facebook page. Hello, this is Brian Moore. This is for Bears Beyond the Gate. Listen to it because it's for you, true Bristol fans. Um, Right, on to Gets My Goat.
Now, I don't think anybody else has got one, so I know I, this is a bit indulgent because it's two weeks in a row. But um, one of the, what gets my goat, and it comes from a Facebook post that I read only a few hours before we recorded the show, um, is our club's lack of any kind of gear down at the sports shop for women to buy that is made for women. I'm really disappointed in the 21st century that we've got a club that um, they don't stock a ladies fit shirt and there's no leisure wear for ladies. Now, I thought, "Mm, but are are we any different to any other clubs? So I looked at some of our our local rivals, Gloucester, um, they've got women's leisure wear and you can also get the home and away shirt in a women's fit. Bath, they um, they do, which is quite nice actually. They do like a cotton version of the um, the current shirt as well as the the match shirt, but you can get that in a ladies fit. Um, Exeter, all three strips in ladies fit, uh, and Worcester I only do do the home shirt, but again in the ladies fit. All of them with a women's leisure wear range. Bristol, none of the game shirts in a ladies mm. fit no uh, leisure wear for ladies I just don't think in in 2019 that's good enough and the number of women that listen to the show that that support the club that are in there uh, week in week out season ticket holders come on club um, I think we need to do better than that and uh, you know we've, we've had one or two questions about the um, the shop and maybe the lack of range and um, you know I, I just find it really disappointing I don't know what you guys think well, I, I think, Tony, that you're factually, you're obviously right, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, you, you could think of some other Christmas presents that you're going to buy your uh, your wife and daughter. So I do wonder if there's a little bit of of selfishness in that get, gets my goat. Um, you know, there are other presents available, and, you know, it's... Uh, um, so perhaps, though, for your benefit, the club will listen to this and the merchandising manager, whoever that is, will, will rush a few little items and garments out for Christmas uh, so that uh, so we can do it. But joking aside, Tony, I think it's a very good point. What do you reckon, Lee? Yeah, I totally agree. I think, I mean, you know, a lot of women attend Bears games. Um, I mean, we have, we have, just in our little circle around by us, we have... Don't talk about miles like that. <laughs> <laughs> but we have numerous women and and young girls, don't we? Just well, just around daughter us. most of the time. It yeah. appears. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a, it's a totally valid comment. Well, I, you know, the other thing, it, it's not as if we don't have a women's team. We also have a professional women's team and we still don't have leisure wear. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's a Bristol sport thing because I did go on to both Bristol City. Cities and the Flyers uh, shops. And again, you do not get the um, the shirts or a range for women. So I think Bristol Sport as a whole um, need to take a look at that. And if the Bears can lead the way. And my, my wife was a, a, an ex-fashion um, buyer. So if, if they want a bit I of... I wonder a, what you were going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An ex-fashion model. No, anyway, yeah. Yeah, no. So someone that knows the industry, if they if they want a bit of support to help get a, uh, a range for... For female Bears fans yeah. uh, in the shop, then uh, I'm sure she'd be delighted to help. So, uh, Bristol Bears, that's what gets my goat. 
And that's it for this week. So a uh, big thank you to Lee. Thanks for uh, providing the studio this week. Uh, boys. Thank you, Pete, for uh, flying back in in time to record the episode. Always a pleasure, Tom. And Miles, thank you for your your research. I can see your copious notes in front of you. Um, you, you are our statistician and they uh, were just, detail man. Yeah, I think they're just hidden by my wife this evening, I think, Tony. <laughs> That's it for this week. We'll see you next week. Bye.